Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. And today is a mini episode, and we swear we're going to try and keep it actually mini we're gonna try to make it actually mini we are a day late we're so sorry like i said in the bonus episode if you listen to it that our weeks were a little bit hectic so and you know what you got an extra episode this week with our week being super hectic exactly (laughs) just saying exactly it could be worse is all i'm saying you have nothing we're sorry we made you wait like one more day for the news but listen most of it's terrible you probably don't want to hear it anyway exactly exactly (laughs) okay so are we gonna do what we usually do and start with the most terrible i would say so okay yeah i tried to order mine in order of most terrible to least terrible that's very good i did try so okay well i know that you have some like backlogging to do too like news yes last week so last week we didn't do kind of a traditional episode as yeah. you know we did we really focused on one case most of the episode yeah and talked about some issues with gun violence and second amendment rights if you haven't listened to that episode uh feel free to uh go back and check it out but because of that we missed out on kind of a week's worth of news yeah. so i have a few things from that but really most everything is from this week right so one thing that i have that is from this week that is truly awful, and I don't know if you've seen it, is the numbers have come out on the death toll from the hurricane in Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah. I was reading a little bit about how the electricity is still off and things like that today, but I haven't read those numbers. Yeah. So when it happened, I think that they said, and let me see if I have the actual numbers here, the official count, which they they said they estimated it to be low, but it was the official count given by our government, was that the death count was 64 people. Um, And that estimate, again, was always assumed to be on the low end, but there was a new independent study published that brought the number closer to 4,600. That's such bullshit to me. To go from, you said 64 was the first Mm -hmm. number? Yeah. To go from that to anything near the thousands to me is ridiculous. 4,600. So you're edging even closer to 5,000 people. And you're saying 64. Right. Why are they hiding that number? Well, and you know what? The number may have grown since they gave it. I doubt it grew that much. That's an immense amount. It is a black eye on this administration, and I'm sure that they tried to keep it as quiet as possible. They say also that one-third of the fatalities were reported by household members as being caused by delayed or prevented access to medical care. So our inability or our inaction 
here yeah. in the continental United States or in, you know, D.C., the White yeah. House's inaction to help these people is what caused one third of them to die. One third of this 4,600, this number. Um, <sighs> and it's really, really appalling because I think people forget. They just totally forget that these are American citizens. They are. These are American citizens. Yeah. And just because they don't live here and they're brown and they don't speak English, we somehow have decided not to give a shit and yeah. that really sucks and it's, it does it's really really not okay and i think another reason why they think it's okay to kind of not act is because they can't vote in puerto rico like mm-hmm. they're united states citizens but because they are not an actual like incorporated state yeah they can't vote so so why are you trying to like make sure that they're satisfied or yeah it's, taken it, care it of? won't affect the next election if they're unhappy you know, or if they're dying, or if they don't have electricity or clean water. You know what? And- don't don't decide to like take over a country and then not take care of it. It's like deciding to have a kid and then decide not to take care of it, or getting a pet and then deciding not to take care of it. You know what I mean? To mm-hmm. me, I feel like if you're choosing to have that be your responsibility, then you have that you have that responsibility. Right. Like you need to right. be taken of course. care of it. And the reaction to this when it happened, I mean, even compared to, I know that Bush was criticized pretty greatly for his action or lack thereof um, right after Katrina happened. Yeah. And rightfully so. The response was not appropriate. But what Trump did, which was like, Basically, right after this happened, this devastating thing happened, basically told them they were like a burden on the system. And like, do you know how much money we're spending to be here? And like, we're not going to be able to be here forever. So like, make sure you guys have your shit together. You know, like it's it is it's it's totally like he's totally playing it like a blame game. Yeah, absolutely. Instead of taking responsibility or saying we're going to do everything that we can. We're treating them like like honestly, truly look at the reaction that happened with Hurricane Harvey in Texas. Yeah. Right? That's the response that these people should have had. Of course. Like, they're just as much a part of this country as white people in Texas or black people in Texas, people in Texas, yeah. as as anybody else. And the fact that, like, we have just kind of been, like, out of sight, out of, out of mind with these people is horrific and really sad. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I just wanted to bring that up really quickly because there's always so much crazy stuff going on in the news that I feel like things like this kind of get, like, said and then they get, like, lost in the 24-hour news cycle. And I think it's important to remember that number, 4,600, 4,600, 4,600 people have died in Puerto Rico. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else from, like, this past, like, the week before that you want to catch up on? Um. I, believe, I think I have a couple of things. So another big one is that the NFL has um, introduced a new national anthem policy. Yeah, where you can't kneel. Well, you can. But if you do, they've basically like enacted a policy that says, like, if you do kneel, your team can, um, or not your team, but the league can impose fines that either you or your team would have to pay. It's or, so stupid. Yeah, or they, they're able to put down punishments. And, like, if you do want to kneel, just don't come out on the field. Just stay in the locker room. But, like, that defeats the purpose of a protest. Yeah. Like, the, the purpose of a protest well, is to, to me, do that's it. even more rude to not even be out there for the national anthem at all because they're not being unpatriotic. They exactly. Are still, they are still kneeling. They are still out there for the national anthem. So to me, if they're saying don't even come out on the field, that's 
being more unpatriotic. Less and, respectful. Yeah. Exactly. And then the other thing that really frustrates me is that people, when they say hateful things, the first thing they want to shout out is that they have freedom of speech and that's their right just as we have a right to protest. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, it's crazy to me that the same people who are like, well, I can say this horrible thing because there's freedom of speech are getting mad at these people for doing something that is not disruptive, is not violent right. or I mean, cruel. And the birth of this protest, because I think originally Colin Kaepernick was just sitting out. Yeah. He was just sitting out of the national anthem. And a Green Beret, actually, like an active military or an ex-military member, told him that a respectful thing to do, because they got together, they had a dialogue. Yeah. And Colin Kaepernick was like, look, I'm protesting um, the deaths of all of these black people by police. And the Green Beret said, okay, well, if you are wanting to acknowledge a fallen comrade in the military, what you would do is get on a knee. So why don't you take a knee during the national anthem instead? So you have a military member saying that this is the respectful thing to do. I can't believe this is still a problem because I feel like I've been hearing about this in news for so long. For this to still be such a hot topic is crazy to me because because I remember when it first came out and um, everyone was making such a big deal out of it and now it's kind of like in the news a lot again. It's because they're prepping for the next NFL season. Mm. So they want to make sure that this policy is in place before the next NFL season. So I'm sure that that is why they're doing it. But it's also just really frustrating to me that you have taken something that is a protest about police brutality and you've twisted it and made it into something about the anthem. Never, ever, ever was this about the anthem. I saw a really good meme that was like a picture of Rosa Parks and it was like she wasn't protesting buses. No. Like, you know, people who were sitting at lunch counters weren't protesting delis. yeah. Yeah, like (laughs) you are protesting a bigger issue and to kind of twist it and make it into something like, well, you're being unpatriotic or like you're against our vets or et cetera, et cetera. It's people making a mountain out of an anthill, really, as far as like making the problem seem like it's about more than what it is. Right, they're just shifting the issue because they don't want to address that maybe they have a point. Yeah. And, you know, so they're just saying, well, they should protest in a different way. And it's like, it doesn't matter what way they protest, you are going to find something to say about it. Exactly, exactly. God damn. Well, I I think that's horrible. I hope that there's um, a way that they are able to continue to protest and show their solidarity. Well, there have been, luckily, some team owners or coaches who said, we'll pay the fine. Yeah. I mean, they make so much money. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure they are going to find them astronomical amounts in order to try and deter them from doing this. Yeah. Um, But the teams have said, like, we won't have our players pay these fines. It's their right to do this. And if they want to protest in this way, then we will pay the fine. Yeah. So there there have been several teams. I wish I had the names of the teams in front of me, but there have been several teams that came out and said that. So that's That's a really good. good thing. That's good, because it's putting, you know, I feel like when someone puts something that they are so passionate about, like their sport, like their career, on the line for something that they know is morally right, I Mm -hmm. I just have all the respect in the world for people who put themselves out on the line like that. Right, and in a peaceful way. It should be rewarded. It really should be. It really, really should be. Mm -hmm. Okay, Okay. so um, I know we said we were going to try not to talk about the gun violence stuff for a while. Oh, no. I don't but I, do. I don't think we did say that. I think that we should talk about it as much as we want. Well, no. Yeah, but I think we were kind of hoping that we weren't going to have to be Oh, like, as far as having as to? Yes, of course. Yeah. So, um, videos of Nicholas Cruz came out saying, one of the videos, he says, 
that he is going to be the next school shooter of 2018. He goes on to say that he wants to use an AR-15 to kill at least 20 people and specifies the high school in Parkland. The videos are undated, but on one, he says, Today is the day. Today it all begins. The day of my massacre shall begin. When we, when you see me on the news, you'll all know who I am. He says in another, and he, then he laughs, You're all going to die. Can't wait. Where did they find these videos? Like... Um, were they posted think, on social media somewhere? No, I think maybe they were on his cell phone. I can't remember. I'll have to look up the article. Did you see there was a video that Anthony sent me that was like a police construction of like the shooting in Parkland? Did you see that? No. It was so weird. And what, what did it have on it? So it was like an aerial view of the school, just like a layout, kind of like yeah. a blueprint layout. And then it had dots, and, like, the dots were different colors. And it was, like, these are students. And then, like, this black dot is Nicholas Cruz. And then, like, these purple dots are the teachers. And as he went through, it just showed the dot, like, slowly moving. It just traced his movements. So you saw him going, like, the the black dot going into rooms and, like, coming out and then going into rooms with a bunch of students. And then you just see the dots turning from, like, green to red. Or to another color, and they're like, if they turned red, then those were people who died. If they turned this color, that means they were injured. And it was just such a weird thing to watch, because you saw him like go into rooms, and you could see the dots turn colors. Probably in the right time, too, mm-hmm. because it didn't last Exactly. That long. It was like a, it's like a 16-minute video, or, yeah. or a six-minute video. And then you see him go like up the stairs, do it on the second floor, and then you see like when people are running, because you have yeah. dots of dots like leaving you see him like stop where, where you know he like put his gun down and then walk out with the other students it's yeah. insane oh my gosh yeah i'm not seeing here um where exactly they get these but they say that they're cell phone videos so what i'm assuming is that maybe they had um taken his phone mm-hmm. in for evidence and found these maybe they were you know you say that the things are never deleted you know maybe they were able to somewhere find. on his device like hard like in his hard drive i i don't know I, I could completely be lying but i feel like there's something it's probably something similar to that or if they because he was arrested that same day and these videos were taken on the day mm-hmm. so i'm wondering if you know, he just, if he did it, because he wanted to be notorious. Mm-hmm. Well, of course. He I mean, wanted that notoriety, and so maybe he probably wouldn't have deleted it because he wants people to see it. I think that's get... the situation with a lot of these shooters. Like, a lot of these people have, like, a manifesto or, like, delusions of grandeur. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, in the second video, Cruz briefly discusses logistics, saying he'll take an Uber to the campus at about 2.40 p.m. He says he'll walk onto campus, go up some stairs, open his bag, and take out his weapon and start firing. School surveillance video shows that was almost exactly what he did. So, kind of like what you were just saying, mm-hmm. the the plan, this is showing premeditation, and that's going to be really important for his um trial degree murder mm-hmm. charge mm-hmm. so that that's very important that he was able to say exactly what he wanted to do and then it shows that like right that's exactly yeah. what he did um he goes on to say i live a lone life i live in seclusion and solitude i hate everyone and everything but the power of my ar you will all know who i am i had enough of being told what to do and when to do he says i had enough of being told that i'm an idiot and a dumbass you're all stupid and brainwashed by the political and government programs. He also referred, or he also referenced a former girlfriend saying, I hope to see you in the afterlife. That, Yikes. like, made my heart, like, 
it just gave me such a, a tight feeling in my chest because it's like we talk about this stuff all the time mm-hmm. and this is what our next episode is going to be about the incels and things mm-hmm. like that and so that i feel like wasn't discussed as much with this shooting i feel like i mean they did discuss that and i think that this is an important thing to talk about i know that stuff mom never told you i don't because i don't know if we'll ever cover this yeah but stuff mom never told you does have a really good episode about how gun violence is a women's issue yeah because they did touch on right after parkland happened um they did mention that he had stalked a girlfriend of his and like made derogatory comments and like really made her feel unsafe and so much of the gun violence that happens in the United States if it's not a mass shooting like this where it doesn't get as much press or whatever it's individual violence toward right it's a woman very often domestic violence or something similar so they did touch on that, that, like, he... I feel like so many of these shooters have a history of violence against women. I know the shooter in Orlando, same thing. Yeah. He had a history of domestic abuse. So, you know, it's a common theme. Yeah, and this is further down. It says, Cruz spent several years at a school for children with emotional disabilities before being allowed to transfer to Stoneman Douglas. He spent several months there before being kicked out. His late mother also called 911 on him almost 20 times over the years, and he had a history of killing animals and posting images on the internet and taking body parts as souvenirs. Which, I mean, if any of you listen to anything true crime, you know that when they kill animals, that's like... Sign number one! Red flag! Yeah, it's like, red flag number one, that is up. Um, And so, yeah, the fact that he was at a special school for emotional disabilities... And then also that his mother has called the cops on him that many times that she probably felt really unsafe. Mm-hmm. These are clear signs that there needs to be something done. That something's that really wrong. Protecting yeah. people. Yeah. Um, Agreed. You know, for both of their sakes, for his sake, if he really does have emotional issues, and also for the sake of the people that he's going to school with. I feel like very often there are so many signs that are missed. Yeah. Like in that. Or not even missed, but just brushed under the rug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's absurd. Yeah. One person says, he's evil, repulsive, he deserves to be dead. He talked about how he was going to be someone now. It's a level of thought that I can't comprehend. It looks from the words like the kid had joy. I don't want to see the delight he took in planning the murders of our children. Oh, that must have been one of the parents, because it says Gutenberg. I haven't read this entire article, Mm -hmm. but that just jumped out at me when I was scanning for more info about the videos. And I can, you know, I don't blame this person for saying things like she wishes he were dead because can, I cannot imagine what it's like for someone to take the life of your child. Right, um, and everyone processes grief differently. Yeah. But she she touches on what I was saying earlier about how he feels like he's going to be someone now, and that's so upsetting to me. And um, it's like, man, like, strive to be YouTube famous by making stupid videos. Like, you'll get, you'll get your notoriety Right, there. well, there's obviously something much, much like deeper and really oh, of like course, damaged. Of course, of yeah, course. no, no, I know what you're saying, but yeah. like there's, there's obviously something like really damaged yes. about a human being. I mean, if you watch, which I didn't really want to, but especially since we're going to be doing this um incel episode. Yeah. If you have never seen the Elliot Rogers videos that he did I've read the transcripts of it, but I I it is the amount of apathy and entitlement and just, like, I'm doing this because the world owes me yeah. kind of thing. Like you want the owe no- me. Right. You want the notoriety. Yeah. But also, like, there's so much other shit just, like, buried oh, yeah, in there. For sure. That's insane and, like, just crazy. And I'm 
I am terrified but also excited to go into all of this stuff Same. on our next episode. Yeah. So if you want to hear a little bit more about that, about incels, and which I hate even calling them that. Cause it sounds like we're going to talk about something to do with technology when we say that. Well, it, well and also <laughs> just like it's not a fucking thing. Like we're going to have this conversation, but like... There's no such thing as involuntary celibate, really. No. Like, not That's something, it's a label that they've given themselves. You're that. just a human being who can't get laid or can't get someone to like you for whatever reason. Yeah, like, there's no involuntary celibacy. That's not celibacy. Celibacy is a choice. Right, to have exactly, sex. exactly. Like, you're not an involuntary celibate. You can't convince a woman or a man, or whoever you're into, to voluntarily sleep with you, and you somehow think that you're entitled to someone's body. Yeah. Like, that is so sick and disgusting. To me, that's, like, a mental illness in itself, where they're, like, or, you know, some sort of something wrong, where yeah. they can think that way. It's I think just... it's, like, it's super, super, like, gross and disgusting and, like, not yeah, okay. I thought you were just about to say it's super great. I was like, what? <laughs> it's super awesome. It's super great, guys. So... The next thing I got before we talk about something that I know that we both have. Yeah. And look, guys, this didn't hit, like, the major news markets, but I feel the need to bring it up. And if you follow us on Instagram, you might be like, oh, yeah, I remember the day when Keegan was having issues with this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Kendrick Lamar Mm -hmm. brought a woman, a white woman, on stage to, she was like, hey, I can rap Mad City. And he was like, word, come up here and rap Mad City. It was like a, a fan of his. Yeah. At one of his shows. So she did. And if you ever heard Mad City. I have not. <laughs> lots of lots of N-words. Like yeah. lots of N-words thrown around in that song. And she did it on stage in at a Kendrick Lamar concert. That's really stupid. And Kendrick did Lamar. Did she get like tomatoes thrown at her? Well, Kendrick Lamar stopped her. He like stopped her, took the mic from her, and then like sent her off the stage and was like, no, no, yes. no. Like we don't do that. Yes. And... Like, even when he, like, after he sent her off the stage, he was like, should we give her another chance no. to do this? And the crowd was like, no. Like, they booed her, and they are like, no, no. And since then, people on Twitter have been blaming Kendrick Lamar. Like, well, if you don't want people to say it, it shouldn't be in your songs. No. And look, guys, that's not the way this works. Because then okay. I'm in a girl group, and seriously, like, the next day... Someone, there was a white girl in our group who said said it in a thread. What? And we were like, no, no. Like, okay. Wait, when you say you're in a girl group, like a girl group chat? No, like a, a group on Facebook that's like um, oh. women empowering women or whatever. Got it. And someone said it? Yeah. Like, was she talking about this thing? Or no. Or did she just say it like someone it was, was her Someone word? was complaining about a guy they were dating, and... She she referred to him as that. It's a white guy too. Like and she was just like said something like that, just kinda off the what? cuff, kind of like funny. Like, you know, like with an A at the end, not a hard R. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It's exactly right. It doesn't matter. So then it ended up devolving into like three different threads Yo. of every black girl in the group being like, No, it's never okay. Yeah. And a bunch of white people making excuses of like, well, my kids are mixed, or well, my black no, friend no, says no, that no. it's okay for me to say it. Or you were like, well, I'm not white, so it's not a problem. No, no. Okay, we're just going to nip this in the bud right now. You don't get to say it. And you also don't get to question why black people get to say it. Because when you are a member of a minority group, you get to decide which words you get to reclaim. Yes. Because you have been living under the oppression of that word. You get to decide that. It's just like, you know, women 
can call each other bitches or can use the word cunt right. and pussy. There's words that are said that I feel like have a different empowering sort of meaning. When we say them to each other. When we say them to each other and also in its context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because women can still say it to other women, I feel like. In a catty way. In a catty way and having yeah. it be hurtful and things like that. But um, to me, it's it's never okay. I've talked about it before where I had to say it in a play and I just couldn't, like, it just, it feels wrong. I know how wrong it is and it's not something right. I, mean, that I feel and when comfortable it, with. When it comes down to it, it's like, you just want to say a word you're not allowed to say. Yeah, it's just like kids swearing for the first time. Right, and you want to come up with any excuses and you also want to say, well, if I'm, because that was the main argument that happened in that group after that was like, well, I just don't think anyone should say it. And it's like, look, you don't get to make that call. No. Like, you don't get to make the call of, like, which words are offensive to the minority group that they were, they, they were intended to be offensive and towards. And for each particular person in that minority group. Right, and they can make that decision for themselves. Exactly. But you don't That's have an any part choice. of that decision. Yeah. Like, that doesn't go into that. So, for the record, if you are not black or part black, you don't get to say the N-word. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't get to blame Kendrick Lamar for writing a song about trying to stay alive on the streets of Compton and using that word and you being an entitled white person thinking that you should be allowed to say it because it was written in a song. Like, that's not okay. And so I just wanted to address that because it was something that, like, really got under my skin in a way that I didn't think it was going to. No, I'm really glad you said something. I didn't know the context, but I knew that there must have been something that happened for you to post that on on our story. But I was really glad that you did that. Yeah, thank you. It was just like, it, it got under my skin in a way I didn't expect it to because yeah. I was spending my day like arguing these points and going around in circles with that people. And like it was it like, it should have already been figured out by now. Right. And like, you can only explain. And I, I think it's just a lesson in, and this is for everyone, like not just, I'm not talking to just white people here. I'm talking to everyone. Like if, if a minority group, any minority group is explicitly telling you that something is not okay or offensive or hurtful. Just accept it. Just say okay. Like, as a straight person, same thing if a gay person told me, like, that's not an okay thing for you to say for our community. Like, don't don't say that. It's yeah, derogatory. Yeah, you immediately it's say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry going forward. I won't yeah. do that. Like, everyone makes mistakes, but of course, of going course. forward. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I'm glad that you brought that up. And then... Last, but not least. Oh, not least at all. Not least. Speaking Roseanne of, Barr, everybody! Speaking of racist racism. motherfucker! <laughs> oh, man, man, alive! Oh, oh, man. This saga has been I'm gonna, just a, I'm a stretch. A sunshine spot in my week of, like, just being dead tired all week. I know I could just Google Roseanne and be like, what new crazy shit yeah. is happening here? It's like, guys, I took Ambien. She's like, Ambien, it was Memorial Day. Ambien like, makes me a little racist, guys. Yeah, but, like, what was that random thing where she was like, I took Ambien and it was Memorial Day weekend. It's like, what? What? Yeah, what? How does that make... What? She's like, guys, we all know we get a pass on Memorial Day weekend. Obviously. Like, that's that's the one day. We can tweet whatever racist shit we want on Memorial it doesn't Day. Count. You didn't know? It doesn't count on you Memorial Day. Yeah, like, now now we know, apparently. Now we know. Um, um, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about it this morning and the, the girl was t- saying how her friend once, like, perfectly booked this, like trip like this tropical vacation and she was like well guess i gotta go now like when she was on ambien uh-huh <laughs> like woke up the next morning to all of these emails yeah. like confirming their flight yeah and they're like all right i guess i'm taking a trip you like, see that's, that's the crazy shit you do on crazy ambient yeah shit. that is a normal shit it you... doesn't just like bring out your inner racist and here's the thing like here's the thing like okay so hold on for context 
if you've been living under a rock, or maybe you don't live in the United States or or whatever, and you're not sure what we're talking about. So Roseanne Barr, she had the TV show sitcom Roseanne throughout the 90s. It was a good show. John Goodman, fantastic, wonderful times. She has since then said and done just a bananas crazy shit, Horrible shit. for like, like the last known. decade. Yeah. It's known. For the last decade, she's been doing insane stuff. Yeah. And then for whatever reason... ABC was like, now's the time to give her a show. Yeah. Give her her show back. Yeah. So Roseanne came back as like a revival and it just got canceled because Roseanne tweeted about Valerie Jarrett, who was an Obama aide, a former Obama aide for the um, White House at that time. And she is a black woman who was born, she's African-American. I think her parents were in the military because she was born in the Middle East. Okay. But she's African-American. And... Roseanne tweeted that she looked like the offspring of the Muslim Brotherhood and the Planet of the Apes, which, as we know, like fucking racist really thing number racist. one that you shouldn't you should never call a black person a monkey. And if you claim that you didn't know that was a racial slur, I'm like, come on, like that's, that's number no. one in the book of racial slurs. Yeah. There's blackface and don't. Call him a monkey. Yes. Monkey. Like, what like, are you even me doing? Just saying that makes me feel no. like I'm saying something Insane. wrong. Insane. Like, not okay. And so, ABC, to their credit, quite quickly, like the next day, yeah, um, cut w- that shit down. Was like, we are canceling Roseanne's show. And this is where this is where I'm iffy because I feel really bad for her cast members because I'm like, Agreed. oh man, like they lost their jobs and the crew. I mean, like it's amazing how many people go into making a sure, show. That's of a lot of jobs. Of course. But at the same time, all of those people, I feel like, are they complicit because they know who she is? I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that the crew is complicit because you just take whatever jobs. But to like the other actors. But and and honestly, I wouldn't say. Well, maybe, but. I have a harder time with the actors who haven't been working because I'm just like, maybe you haven't been working since Roseanne and, like, you needed to work. Yeah. So I'm like, I understand needing to work, especially, like, as an actor. Like, I get that. But I did have this thought when they said Roseanne was coming back because I knew all of the crazy stuff that Roseanne had been doing. Like, when they said it was coming back, I did have this thought where I was like, John Goodman and Sarah Gilbert, like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. You know, like, I really did think that. And Laurie Metcalf, who is an amazing actress. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I was a little taken aback by it, but I was like, I I was not going to watch the show, but I was like, I don't know, maybe it'll take it in a direction. Yeah. You know, who knows? Sarah Gilbert is is a executive producer on the show, like, maybe. Yeah. But the thing is, that gets me, is just like, I applaud ABC and Disney for being like, yes, this is reprehensible, we're taking it off the air, etc. But at the same time, I'm like... Why are you guys acting like you didn't know who Roseanne was? Yeah. Like, you know who she was from day one. Like, yeah. don't act like, oh my god, it's so shocking that she's racist. We had no idea. Like, yeah. this isn't a Mel Gibson situation where, like, oh, now we know you're anti-Semitic. Like, yeah. we've known that, yeah. like, Roseanne was problematic from word go, and you decided to give her a microphone anyway. Yeah. So, this is kind of on you. Yeah. Like, and they probably realized that more than any more than ever when she had that tweet, and they were like, "Fuck, we gotta like do something." Yeah, fast. It, it's not the first we time she's not done stuff done on this. Twitter. Like, she's, yeah, she has multiple times said she was leaving Twitter. Yeah, although I heard an interesting theory, which you, as a fellow true crime mafia, <laughs> would appreciate. They she got Is she into, the Zodiac killer. Yes. <laughs> 
I've cracked the case. <laughs> no, um, she got into a car accident when she was 16. Yeah. And had a traumatic brain injury. Of course she did. And was hospitalized because her, they said that her personality changed <gasps> so drastically <gasps> after that, like, I think something happened to her brain. Oh my gosh. So people have this theory that, like, maybe she does have, like, actual like, an actual brain injury that is, like, the older she gets, just, like... Because it is progressive. Like, Yo. she just gets weirder and weirder the older yeah. she gets. Like, guys, wedding, wedding the bed, brain injuries... Torturing animals. Hurting animals. Setting fires. Setting fires. What's some other shit? I don't know what they all are. There's, like... St- brain injury is actually not in the original one, which is, like, bedwetting, um, hurting animals, fire setting... I don't know. I don't remember what the other ones are. But head injuries are for real, guys. No, like, they are. Like if you're like they say on my favorite murder, if your kid bonks their head, like just put a lock on your door. Trade them in. Trade you don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you don't know what's gonna happen. Don't drop your baby, particularly if they get hit in the head with a swing, because that's happened yes. to like several serial killers. They're like, yes. I think it was Jeffrey Dahmer and Richard Ramirez both yes. got hit in the head with, with a, swing. a swing, and it's like, well. If your kid gets hit in the head with a swing, just call it a day. Boarding school. You know Bye. what I mean? Not even boarding school. No, because that'll make them worse. I know, yeah. You can't send them there. I know. Um, you still have to nurture them. It has to be like um, an but Elsa. not too much. Elsa from Frozen situation where you like keep them locked in a room. But you but, like, cause the crazy. Them. You know what I'm saying? That's true because the parents in Frozen totally cause the crazy. Yeah. I'm like, you could cause the crazy if you do that or if you over nurture them. And then, like... So you're fucked either Yeah, way. you're kind of You screwed. have to have the perfect balance. I'm sure, you know, there's probably so many pieces to that Roseanne puzzle. I watched the Jimmy Kimmel clip of her where she was talking about Donald Trump and everything. And, you know, some people that in my life are like, oh, but it makes for such, like, it gives you such good ratings and things like that. But I was like, it was the most painful fucking thing for me well, to watch. Because John Goodman is sitting right next to her and you can tell that he's just kind of like, do I laugh about this because she's so crazy? Or do John I look Goodman really pissed about should- it? not have signed on to do that. No! And I, I don't know if he did because nostalgia or because, like, he loves the rest of the cast and he wanted to support them. Like, I don't, I don't know why he signed on, but I'm just like, you had... And Laurie Metcalf, too. Like, you were just in an Oscar-nominated film. Yeah. Neither one of you had any reason to do this show. And I didn't watch the show, but I'd heard about some things in it that I find to be highly problematic. Yeah, I'm I'm a big Shameless fan, and Emma Keeney from Shameless is on it, and so I was thinking about watching it, but then I was like, nah, I don't really care to. Um, and she came out and tweeted something about how, you know, she doesn't oh, I saw that. what she said yeah. and things like that. Yeah. But at the same time, again, it's like all those people, it's hard for me to, like... I feel like, bad I don't know for why them. I feel like I need to blame someone, which I totally don't, but it's kind of like, did, were you really, like, not aware? What was the situation? Like, what did you think was going to happen? I think happen? maybe they were aware. I just feel like, I feel like it's like so much, so many other things where there's so much nostalgia wrapped up in it, or, like, you were on this show during your, you know, when you were growing up, and you developed relationships with these people, and you probably and just McKinney wanted... wasn't on it when she oh, was Oh, well, little. she wasn't. That's true. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, there's some people that are, like, coming on it for the first time. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, I mean, also, on this subject, just while we're still on, this, still on this subject, it is the same people who have said that a player is not allowed to kneel during the national anthem, and they don't give a shit if it's their First Amendment rights, that are also saying that Roseanne shouldn't have lost her job because First Amendment rights. And I will Full also... circle, people. Yeah, and I will also say that Roseanne was in hot water, like, in the 90s, because she sang the national anthem poorly. Whoever let her do that? She's not a singer. Nope. So she was just screaming it, and then at the end, she grabbed her crotch and spit at the ground. <gasps> mm-hmm. Like, I think it was in the 90s. And so it's like... 
you are defending Roseanne, but at the same time you're like these these football players are disrespectful. They're disrespecting the the anthem because they're racist too. Well, because it was never about the anthem. Yep, exactly. And that's and that's how you know it was never about the anthem. Yep. It, it's never been about the anthem. Um, but anyway, so so I think we've we've covered we've some ground. Covered as much as we can. We yeah. need to get to Sister Solidarity stories. Yes, absolutely. We haven't done them in a while. Would you like to read one of Vanessa's? Sure. Okay, so this story is from our listener and superfan, Vanessa. Can we get her, like, a hat that says... We should. Superfan. Superfan or something. Yes, I I like that. I still hate our abbreviation. I know, it's terrible. Yamf! So this is from Vanessa. Similar to the group that you created for this podcast regarding rules on positivity, I belong to a mommy group on Facebook, and I cannot tell you how wonderful it has been. I don't post very much, and I'm in and out of being very active, but when I was having concerns over my son's uncircumcised penis and not wanting to follow what the doctor had suggested, I went to the group and was so excited at the responses. (laughs) Some who had the experience I had... Others from other countries and cultures who are used to this sort of thing as it is common not to circumcise outside of the U.S. and feeling a sense of comfort from all the other parents. This decision was not mine alone, who made the same choice that we did. I now know that my kiddo won't be the only one in the quote-unquote locker room who isn't circumcised. The advice came judgment-free along with supportive words of trust your gut, etc. I could go on about circumcising penises (laughs) no me too i have a while i have feelings about it i mean i just don't think i just don't think that there's anything wrong with having an uncircumcised penis i agree so we'll give you that support too vanessa yeah it's all good it's all good i think trusting your gut and making the decision that's right for you and your family and your family and your son and what you feel comfortable with i think is important and i know that a lot of men are concerned or worried about their uncircumcised penis i I feel like that will like die off i agree i feel like i feel like more and more people are doing like a variety of different things i i totally agree i feel like in the future it's going to be so much more of a mixed bag than it has been in the past and i think that um, a mixed bag of penises a mixed bag of dicks (laughs) bag of dicks um that going forward i think it's going to be like just just a really okay and accepted thing yeah so yeah, we're there for you too, Vanessa. Don't worry about it, Vanessa and Vanessa's sons. All good. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read one from Hannah. It says, Hey, ladies, I am new to the podcast and making my way through, but Madigan's calls to send in examples of sister solidarity are ringing in my ears. And this is so simple and so small, but oh my God, I was thankful. At work today, a thoughtful woman had stuck post-it notes on the toilet cubicle doors, which had run out of loo roll. Oh my god, she's from another country. Oh, you're British. From the loo roll. Yeah, you have no idea how hard it was for me not to do an accent right there. I really wanted to, <laughs> and then I was like, no, she's going to stop listening if I do my British accent. <laughs> stuck post-its on the toilet cubicle doors. Damn it. Which had <laughs> run out of loo Madigan, roll. you stop it right now. I'm sorry, I'm really... My, my boss is from the UK, and she has just the best accent. I wish I could sound that beautiful that elegant yeah oh never all right which saved me from going in and having to shake dry girl i know what it we feels like to shake all dry been, 
Which, who among us has not been there? And if right? you say that you have, you're li- you and haven't been, no you're lying. And there's no shaking. You have to be shaking in there for a few minutes to be dry. No, you're never totally Because you always pull your underwear up, and then there was that drip that was going down your leg, oh. and then it's all wet, and you feel like you peed your pants. That's disgusting. But it's yeah. so... But you know what I'm talking but about. real. I mean, usually it's contained in my underwear. To but, have you, but like usually, like if you're shaking, sometimes that shake just oh. makes a little pee yeah, go down, sure. and then you pull up your underwear, and you're like, ugh. I'm so sorry, Hannah, that we have just... <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so I'm going to go back, which saved me from going in and having to shake dry. That's looking out for your fellow woman in everyday life. Hashtag sister solidarity. Keep up the amazing work. I'm loving your spirit and your friendship. Lots of love, Hannah. Hannah, Wait. we love you too. So hold on. So someone put like, like a sign post-its on the, saying, that was just like out of yeah. toilet paper? Hey guys, just letting you know, we're out of toilet paper. That is nice. Yeah. We should all carry just post-its in our purse for such an occasion. Or just have, like, pre-laminated um, signs in our purse. Agreed. Okay. <laughs> pre-laminated. Why do they need to be laminated? Because you're in the bathroom? Or just so that you can use them many times and they won't get destroyed in your purse. Oh, okay. Like, think, think it ahead. crinkled up. Think it ahead. Like, I like yeah, it. Right? That's good. Yeah. Or, like, you know what I use when I want to, like, ha- quote-unquote, like, laminate things is I just take that that clear tape? packing tape. I do that too. Yeah, that's what my mom always did too and it looks lam- like pretty laminated and you're like, yeah, whatever. You know what I want to know? I want to know why we aren't living in the like future yet. Okay, wait. Okay, let me say. I just watched like um, Running Man. I've been watching these like futuristic movies that were like made in the 80s and 90s and I'm just like, you guys thought we were going to be way more advanced than yeah. we are and like I want to know, okay, so we don't have flying cars, get it. It's like a lot of technology. It's difficult to like maneuver. I understand that. But like you can't give me a bathroom that has like a digital thing on the outside that tells me when like toilet paper is like yeah. run out. Like that's not something you could do for me. Yeah. Feel like that should be done. I feel like it should be done too. Let's do it. We're gonna copyright We're that. We're gonna do Don't it. steal our ideas. TM. Okay. Um. So I loved that story. It was so simple, so to the point, but exactly what we're looking for and wonderful and perfect and always. Let's stick with just two stories for today. I, I think. think so. We yeah. Always just run so long, but we always have lots to share with each other. And yeah. With totally. You, so. Totally. Again, sorry, not sorry that we're a day late. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy the bonus episode. It was really weird recording by myself, especially on my bathroom floor. Um, (laughs) super weird. But, um, yeah. With that said? Yeah, with that being said, we encourage you to to rage on. Bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.